You are listening to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast, brought to you by CFB Dynasty. Welcome to Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I'm your host, Zach Tao. I'm here with Chris K and Andrew Katz again. How are you guys doing tonight? I'd be better if you did the real intro instead of that that phony, that phony corporate <laughs> one. Well, maybe next time. Maybe next time. I got to work myself up to it. I don't know that I can do the, the whole ad read type intro. Um, so, no. Anyway, we got a lot of real unimportant things to talk about, but you know, that's what all we always talk about. It is, it is January. So it is January and we just kind of dig things up to talk about. So first things first, um, I don't know if many people know this, but we're doing another mock draft with CFF Jared. Um, we're not going to go over the whole draft because that's his thing, but we will talk about some of the picks that we individually made and, um, go from there. Um, I guess I'll start with that because i did have the first pick well before we start talking about our picks what's the what's the context or the prism through which you're actually viewing this draft personally because jared left it i think intentionally or unintentionally very ambiguous i like i had to ask him to define how, how, how many points per reception receivers actually get <laughs> it was nice to, it was nice to have that that helpful context but but are you drafting and making assumptions based on the idea that the season starts today, or are you kind of playing out in your mind, like things that you expect to happen in the next seven months? And, and uh, cause I think it's very open-ended. I, I guess for me personally, I just kind of project as to what I think could happen and should happen come August. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, yeah. yeah. For me, if the mock, like I feel like that's what I would always do. Well, know? here's a, here's a, here's an example, I guess, of how you could think about it, right? So take Donovan Smith on Texas Tech, right? So, so we, if we're drafting today, you, I could make, and it, I'm operating under the assumption that basically outside of like camp's going to happen and all that stuff, should like could I just assume that no other transfers are coming in there and he's going to be QB one? or he's just going to end or just battle against the guys that are on that roster. Or is the idea that I draft expecting Zach Kelly to bring in a quarterback that's more in line with the experience and the expectations associated with, um, I guess what we expect to see at Texas Tech. You could, it's probably better to do it that way in a mock draft. Cause yeah. like, then you could automatically say like, you know, Hey, this, this guy won, which we all know I never win. Uh, but I think realistically, I always just draft based on what I think is going to ultimately happen, which yeah. seven yeah. months away is about I as think impossible. I think I do, yeah, I just don't know that you can if, – if there's guys that are on the roster now, how you can necessarily say, oh, I'm not going to draft him because I think somebody else comes in. Right, that's a counter-argument. Like, what if nobody comes in? Then now he's there by default and you passed on him. Like, I think – to answer your question, you draft what's currently there, but what you project out. Like if tomorrow somebody transfers in, then you change your your outlook possibly. But that's why all drafts should have money associated with them. So <laughs> yeah. well, let me ask you: how, This kind of goes with that. How how long are you taking to make your pick? In, you want my, in general, you want my honest answer, or do you want like I make it seem a little longer than it probably should? 
<laughs> because I sometimes I I'm like, oh damn it, it's about, it's my pick, right? And what do I need? Okay, I need a wide receiver. And I look at what's been taken because I'm not following it pick by pick because it's in a chat, right? So like I go back and see, like, okay, he was taken, he's taken. Okay, that's this guy must be available. I'm gonna take him. Boom. And that's how I do it. Typically, I have a few guys lined up most of the time. And then if a guy goes in front of me, like I wanted to take this next guy and Andrew took him, but we'll get to that. But how do you, how do you play it, Andrew? Um, I, pro- I mean, I always tell myself that at some point I'll get rankings together, but it never really happens. Instead, I just still try and figure out the, the guys I like, the guys I don't like, and the guys I never draft. I mean, I, I'm, re- I'm reasonably – quick i think it just in the sense that especially here where we're working with i think a nine round mock right so it's not super deep and i don't know but i don't know about you but i i always like to do the thing where i figure out my end game picks like ahead of time like i know i have a better idea of what i want to do in round seven eight nine than i do in one two three usually so i've i usually come up to bat early on in the drafts and i'm like Fuck, I, I have no idea what I'm actually going to do here. But then as we get later into the draft, like I feel like I have a more definitive picture. So I'll, I feel like I usually end up taking more time earlier on in drafts relative to the, the end of drafts. Yeah. Um, I definitely, like, I, I normally don't have quarterback first. That's usually how I play most drafts. I usually try to go, you know, skill position and then, at quarterback later and I did the same thing in this one um, but I did grab a quarterback third round and I felt pretty good about it I guess uh, as far as mocks go there's the game within the game of who can be the last to draft a quarterback I'm usually <laughs> I'm usually very good at it I think I won this one yeah I'm usually pretty good at it I I felt like at the time though the, it was it's a total pissing contest yeah yeah I am shook a little bit by some of the guys' draft strategies. There's there's no bench spots, and people have two quarterbacks. Oh, it's a two QB lead. Oh my god, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, what are people like? Who are we drafting with? No. Yeah. Well, I, I, he said two quarterbacks. Like I assumed it was two quarterbacks start, but it's just nine rounds. So I'm thinking, well, maybe it's backup and starter. So I could see how you could you would get confused there because I mean, if that's the case, then there, I would take two quarterbacks a little earlier too. Now that I, I say that, but I guess well, what you're, it, you're about to come up, you can get one. No, you actually, went- actually, no, there's a couple quarterbacks that I'm kind of um, lining up, but I think will be there in a couple rounds. So I'm not, I'm not really rushing to do it. However, I don't really know who I'm going to take next. You went Travion Henderson first. Andrew, uh, who would you have gone first? Did you just steal that from the first draft and just copy and paste? Yes and no. Yes and no. I was between actually, I just said I would, I don't take quarterbacks first. I was actually between him and Stroud first. Yeah. Don't, I don't really know why. I just felt like Stroud would have been a really good pick there. Um, Cause he started off kind of slow last year, but like, after that, he just took off, and you could almost argue, like, I mean, he got in the Heisman race after that slow start, and and losing to Oregon, like, and then he just took off the rest of the way, and it was like, 
no, he was unstoppable. I, 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 I agree with you. That, like I would have, he's. So we had we had a few quarterbacks going first round, but I don't think I'm taking any of them over Stroud. But right. the pissing contest being what it is, like last year, Corral was the only quarterback I was taking in the first round because that I mean, I, you got you got to place your heart over your mind sometimes and just do what you want to do. Like it, like Jared says, right? Let's have some fun. Um, <laughs> but who would I have taken? I don't know. I, like it. I, someone was saying that it does. It felt like there's potential for there not to be a real consensus around 101 this year relative to previous years, um, and I mean it really feels that way, right? Like I, you, you took Travion's fine. He rock, he's a rock star, but yeah, he's awesome. what, like does is he he- at all head and shoulders or even close to it above any of the other guys that went in the first round? I was I actually make an argument for ten other guys. At 101, no problem. Yeah. When I got the first pick, I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, what do I do with it? <laughs> like, I honestly, I, I was kind of torn on who to take. So it's, it goes along with what you're saying. There wasn't a yeah. guy like, you have to take this guy and or else you're going to lose. But Fine. yeah, I, I, I was, but I was torn between him and then Stroud was the other one I was considering. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like who actually went the top eight picks, like every single one of them, was like legitimate like i thought that all of them could be like Bijan, gibbs deuce vaughn nichols ali like those are all studs like absolute studs yeah in like, mindset i kind of wish i took stroud over ali but ali's cool oh ali you could make it a, a case for him too oh yeah first pick and i and it crossed my mind but i was like there's no way i'm taking him as the first pick. a marshall guy first pick so um I just went with more of a safe option, which I don't know why. It's a, a, <laughs> a it's a matter. It's a it's a, a, a in January that we have no money on. Yeah, I, I guess I wanted to like at least keep like start off the draft like all right, let's just status quo, let's just get into this thing and reestablish your street street cred for a couple of rounds. <laughs> right, and then I take the well, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but anyway, um, we all know who I took first, Chris. Are you were you next of the yeah? Fans? I went Gibbs fifth. Okay, from Alabama. I mean, the guy is just incredible. He's so good. I forgot that he was on their team, and <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to right. Like he's, I mean, he's obviously not Najee size, but he can run very well, and he's just as good, if not better, than Najee in the passing game. So why? I mean, why can't I get that? It's gonna be good game scripts the entire season. Their receiver core is like you know not as good as SMU's, so there's a level there that they maybe they run it more. Brian yeah. Robinson was a little underwhelming, I feel like stat wise for a while, but then he had monster games. Well, they yeah. so, they changed the offense. They changed the offense when the receiver started going down. Instead of finding a new receiver, they said, "Hey, let's run the ball." Right? Like that's kind of what wild they did. Idea. <laughs> so yeah, I mean Gibbs, I feel like. Gibbs is between Gibbs and Vaughn, basically. <clears throat> I'm curious though, with Lou Nichols, I was thinking about him. Is there any concern that he doesn't average 40 carries a game like he did this past year? Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not taking him, I don't think, at all this year. If this is anywhere near where he's going. Yeah. Kind of feels like they're gonna they should go back to their old ways, right? Like there's no reason not to if well presumably Kobe, is Kobe Lewis back? I can't imagine he went 
pro after he didn't he didn't he hasn't portaled yet right i don't i haven't heard any portal yeah portal i don't think yeah ha- i don't think he has like uh, we've seen the, we've seen the the top for lou nichols it's only down from here and probably materially so four more years of nichols <laughs> that's all i want in my life i am i was looking to see if kobe lewis was gone or not but nothing's really popping up anyway um but yeah, I think you're right. Like Lou Nichols at the price that he's going to be going at, I don't think you can grab him. If you're gonna, do you feel comfortable if if you had a first round pick, even late first round, are you going to touch him? But over over these other people is what I'm saying. Would you be surprised if he went 101 in the draft? I wouldn't be surprised. No, you it's, would or would not. Here's, I would not be surprised. I agree. I think I there's going to be some redraft leagues where he definitely goes first just because, I mean, it there is a shot where he has the best upside of any running back. Like yeah. consistent – like his floor would be like 34 fantasy points. You know, like it's hard to, hard to stop that. Yeah. And another thing about what – the question you asked earlier uh, – about this, Andrew, is how you approach a mock draft. Like, I'm in the mode of dynasty a lot of times, so I have to get out of that mode and say, okay, I'm drafting this year, and that's it, right? Okay. Whereas, like, if you say, okay, if you have two players, one's a sophomore and one's a senior, in a dynasty league, you're like, you know what? I'll probably lean toward the sophomore if if they're both equal, right, on, on skill. You're going to go to the younger player more than likely. Uh, and this – you don't like you just grab the best player regardless of um year but anyway i wanted to throw that in um so then now i guess andrew who did you take with your first pick rasheen ali from marshall yeah i really like him a lot i just i don't i didn't feel good about taking him first um, I, I mean, I'm sure you can make a lot of the same arguments against him that you can make against Lou Nichols, but I, I just feel like there's a higher likelihood that they continue to build the entire offense around him. The, like the, the lone prayer, really, outside of health, as is the case with all college football players, right, is that the offense can, offense can be functional with Henry Columby coming in to play quarterback. Like I, I don't think Grant Wells was very good, but Columby is really bad based on everything we've seen at Utah State and Texas Tech. Uh, but at, did you see who Marshall's appointed as OC today? No. Clint Trickett? No. Yeah. The OC? Is that a bigger jump than what's this, Timmy Chang in the head coaching job? No. For being a receiver coach? Apparently Trickett was, like, wide receivers coach at Marshall last year. So, they, like, the, the, their OC just dipped for – where did he go? Was it Memphis? I, Marshall in Memphis? I think that's what it was. Yeah. So they just bump trick it up. I mean, so that, I mean, continuity, that's great, right? Presumably. Um, But I feel like there's less of a concern with Ali having the materially split carries than Nichols, for me at least. I mean, he was a a monster in the passing game, right? Was running for 100 plus most games. So many carries, and when they got down to the goal line, like he he was, it felt like it felt like they 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 would just like their hurry up offense was just get to the goal line and give it to to Ali. Like that was the goal. Like we we only want to score if we can get Ali the football. Like 
he I, I I would love to know what red zone carries looked like for him because it felt like he was getting like five to ten every single game, just ridiculous amount. And I mean, obviously, we see from the amount of touchdowns he scored that that probably checks out, right? But it felt like so many of them were were short uh, red zone type touches. I don't know how sticky that is, but that role, I mean, especially on an offense that should be able to move the football, presumably, right? Like they shouldn't be just totally miserable and that playing in conference USA uh, and really just lacking a lot of skill position talent around him. Like hopefully that can translate from year to year in terms of if he has that, that pure, that, that, that role of just being the team's uh, target in the red zone area that All right. we can so roll over more touchdowns for him. To answer your question. He had 66 carries for 208 yards and 18 touchdowns in the red zone. How did you find that so quickly? I would never know. I wouldn't know where to look for that. that C- what well, CFBstats.com. Nice. 66 uh, red zone carries. Sounds like a lot. That's 208 yards, 18 touchdowns. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it breaks it down. You can get like situational um, carries when they're winning, when they're losing. You that's know. dope. Yeah, that's a good site. Um, not trying to like, you know, pump them up or anything. But anyway, it is a good site. Maybe they'll sponsor us. <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, all right. So I guess now we move to the second round. And it comes back around. Andrew, who did you take with your second pick? Good question. Uh, Xavier Worthy, Texas. So we, I guess I'll, I'll post my picks to Twitter afterwards so everyone can see the beautiful color-coded scheme we have here. But my, my daughter would be proud of me that she, like, we talk about our favorite colors all the time and point out point them out to each other in day-to-day life. And my, mine are blue and green, which maybe that – is why I've gone blue, green, blue, green, blue, green with each of my first six picks. Uh, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. But um, I went with Worthy at, at uh, two hundred five. I think I think you could make an argument for him late late first round. They added talent um, at wide receiver. Lost Josh Moore. Added I think they added Isaiah Nayer. Right. Um, so Nayer's sweet, but I'm. I I expect Worthy to continue to pop. I mean, I, I have been in our dynasty league through no no cause of my own. I just followed uh, what people were tweeting about him, and it was like this guy sounds sounds awesome. Let's let's snag him uh, in the middle of the first round last year. But I had no idea he was going to be that good. Like I'm not the biggest freshman guy in terms of like scouting all that stuff, and more or less I'm going to luck into it. But um, relative to the other uh, se- second and third round picks that we saw after him and just kind of looking at it now, I don't really have any reason to feel less strong about uh, about Worthy. I mean, I, I think he's the best of the, the wide receivers that went after him, and I want a receiver there, so feeling good. A.T. Perry, would you have taken him over Worthy? Mm, no. I think I would have gotten Worthy. I probably would have gone Perry. That's fair. Are, are you buying Texas's offense? I saw it. I saw an Andrew article. hates Texas. Let's get that out there. Yeah, I, I, I do, <laughs> but I like I like Bijan and I like Worthy. But I saw I saw an argument that 
this is effectively like this is effectively Quinn Ewer's true freshman season in essence, right? So maybe we should evaluate the the think about Texas through through that prism in terms of how smoothly and effectively we expect that offense to operate. That's the I guess the primary thing that I'd have to consider if we had real material money on the line here. Like do uh it could this thing kind of collapse if Ewers isn't good, as good as we think he's going to be right out of the gate? Hudson Card looked awful last year, right? And Casey Thompson's gone. So, I mean, I would love to see Texas fail. There's that would be, I, I would love that personally. Um, but I mean, obviously, that would kind of be a real drag on, on this team. I, I think I have a bias against Ewers because everybody loves him so much and the hair and stuff. And it's just like, it kind of, I mean, it sounds awful, but I kind of want him to fail. Like, isn't it like, possible? Like, I, don't, I don't know an 18 year old, but I want him to fail. But I mean, it's when someone goes all in on like, like when people go all in on like some freshman, that's not proven at all. Cause obviously they're for two freshmen. Right. I tend to, I tend to be a hater. So I'm kind of there with you. Like when I saw him go, I'm like, man, I, as good as he may be, I don't think I'd make that leap. What part did you hate skipping the senior year? I don't hate any of it from what he did. Oh, I think he made a great decision. He made money. He got to Ohio State. What part did you hate? But what part did you hate him for, though? Oh, I just everybody is all over him and loves him yeah. so much and is like sharing right. videos. Of I don't think it's hating him, him as much as hating the 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 community. Like yes. the the weird variety and love for him because he throws sidearm yeah. with a mullet. <laughs> yeah, I I I think the problem is. Have you seen him throw a football at all? Have you watched any highlights? Yeah, he looks fucking awesome. I mean, <laughs> right. I gotta right. edit that out, Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> right, it'd be interesting. I mean, he went to the. I he made a bad decision. We talked about this last week. Bad decision. What are you doing going to Ohio State? Like, yeah, he, he could have started last year probably at sixty schools, and he went to the place he was guaranteed to basically not start. Right, but uh, I mean, he could be obviously could be amazing and easily shove in my face. I don't. It's not that I don't think he's any good. I just tend to hate on people when they get all this crazy love, but. I hear yeah. you. I hear I don't you. Know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, my second round pick was Dwayne McBride from UAB. I was thinking about just keeping an Alabama theme for the whole draft. Then that quickly faded away when the only other school is Auburn. So, um, I mean, he just was awesome for me last year. Touchdown machine. I don't like, I don't know why they did this whole Jermaine Brown thing at the beginning of last year, but they did. And you know why, it, don't you? He fumbled twice week zero. But that was like – there was this vibe the whole offseason that was like Jermaine Brown was going to be like a great addition and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. That feels weird. Yeah. And so it, it ended up working out because I got McBride and worked out in the Dynasty League. But, uh, I mean, touchdown machine. Why not? Running yeah, back. He, feels he was safe on points. in the second half. But, yeah. Who would you have yeah. rather taken, Andrew McBride or Zach Charbonnet? Mm. 
probably Charbonnet plays on the West Coast. I get those late points. Chip Kelly offense. It's fun. Him and play, him and DTR just playing a two man game all year. It's good. That's a great it's, segue. It's more, my more my speed. Yeah. So anyway, I picked Zach Charbonnet the last pick in the second round. And um, I'm feeling even better about it since Andrew is endorsing it. So he, I mean, it's an auto West Coast choice. I mean, if it's West Coast, he, he already he gets the bump, you know, he gets that bump. <laughs> right. But no, I, I did feel that um, it was kind of, it was a shock that he kind of came back, right? Like, it was just like a shock, but it was a, he did come back and he had a great season. So now we expect it. We need to have Heisman type season now, so um, that's why I took him there. They're going to bring in another running back, probably. Oh, right? I'm, sure, I'm sure they will. But yeah. as of it, as it stands today, yeah. I think you know he's appropriately appropriately picked there. Um, so then I come back around at three one, and I took Sam Hartman, quarterback from Wake Forest. Um, honestly. Like all the other quarterbacks I had lined up, like I'm kind of regretting that pick. Not that I don't like him. I just feel like there were other quarterbacks that I could have waited on um, and gotten. How do y'all feel about that? I like him. I mean, I got I, I like him fine. I just I felt like there's a, there's some value at quarterback this year. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of good quarterbacks, but he killed me last year in DFS. <laughs> I just kept fading him, and he kept scoring like 45 fantasy points at 10K, and it was like. <laughs> My mind's about to blow. Like <laughs> he was unstoppable. So I think he'd be a fun guy to get like stack in a best ball league. Get him and then get one of Perry and and another Wake Forest guy. That would be like a fun, crazy high upside combination. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm actually looking at just his raw numbers last year. The rushing touchdowns was what jumped out at me. Eleven. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he was a monster. Yeah, but no, I, uh, I went I Will Rogers, so I I do like the quarterbacks here, and then Hooker went right after him, and I you know I love me some Hooker. Yeah. Who should I? Uh, who am I stacking with Rogers in this next pick or two of mine? Who should I go with? Is uh, that is that dude, Hulk? Dude, I don't think you can in nine round in like round seven or nine. I don't think you're actually stack stacking. Like Jared and I would tell you Justin Robinson because he's an ugly man coming over. <laughs> um, what's his name? The so I think Mal Keith transferred, right? To I like I like Tulu Griffin. I think I, I can't remember if I cut him or not in our dynasty league. I've had him for like three years and he finally started to show some some life down the stretch that. this year. <laughs> um but so one of them would be my pick. And oh, or Ra Ra Thomas was uh, kind of sweet the last couple of games as well, but like none of those guys, you're, I don't think you could take them in. No, game. I thought Polk might have been uh, stayed, but he did. Nah, if he had stayed, I would say definitely think he could. Oh, oh yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Those it's always weird when these these uh, high flying offenses have to replace a bunch of dudes because then it's mm-hmm. like you get in the whole thing where you're buying Austin Williams for no reason. Well, the, the problem with all these offense were. The, the challenge with those offenses, right, is identifying if it's going to be the version of the offense where everybody eats or nobody eats, right? Because, like, Leach loves to do that. Is it? I think Leach is the one where 
like there's they, the full two deep of five receivers. Everybody gets snaps, right? I, yeah. I, I think it's him. Um, yeah. And then, but some of the some of the offenses that are just that go nuclear, just the four same four receivers are on the field all the time. All, yeah. No, they rotated a bunch because Jaden Wally had a great freshman year. Yeah. He kind of got hurt in the spring game, and then people were still drafting him high, myself included. And then he yeah. ended up like being that second tier. And he always got like four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Which yeah. is not the worst, but like where you were drafting them, that's not really all that thrilling. Definitely. Yeah. So in nine rounds, you're not even touching that. Right. I don't think you can. Yeah. I think Andrew's right. Yeah. All right. So you took Rogers there. Now, Andrew, who did you take your third round? Selection? I took Alton McCaskill. Um, I, I feel like right around here is when running back starts to drop based on what we've seen. I'm, there, There's definitely some some good ones taken after, but I was looking at the board and I was like, let me get the, a monster RB2 and just crush this pick. And I couldn't find anyone that I absolutely loved. Like if, if Zach Evans had made it to me, like, let's go. I, I considered taking Evans instead of Hartman He's and going, running, going running back, running back, running back. But I was like, no, I, I can't do that. I was between <laughs> McCaskill and Shipley and – like Shipley, I think he probably exceeded my expectations in terms of raw output of stats this year. But I expected like more long touchdowns, more badassness in the passing game. And it felt like he was just like he was like five to eight yards a carry, do that for 15 carries, alternate with pace every other possession, catch a couple passes. Like it was a little more boring and less explosive than I, I expect than I expected going into the year. So I'm just, I don't know. Um, it was a little bit of a buzzkill, but um, I don't, I don't know what I would, what I would do if I could go back and take a different running back. Um, there's a couple guys maybe that are a little more interesting, but McCaskill weird area badass as a freshman too. Like after taking over that job, like three or four weeks in, what were you going to say, Chris? I said it's a weird area. Like I feel uh-huh. like running back is definitely a drop off. And then I ended up taking a receiver, but like receivers got weird too. You start taking these guys that are like probably slotted into that spot that's replacing like a superstar type yeah. like position. So you get in these weird spots. I mean, McCaskill was a touchdown machine, right? So yeah. that would be like my worry is that, but it's also Houston. Like they're going to put up points. They got good players. They're going to move the ball. So like yeah. him scoring 15 plus is completely they're, doable. They're not like a, they're we think of we associate Holgerson with the air raid bros, but they're not a real air raid team. Like I feel like that they never throw the ball around that much. And Miss McCaskill is not like he was catching he caught passes this year. Uh so I think he's like he's pretty game script independent. Yeah, he he scored a, a lot of touchdowns, and maybe there, there's some luck associated with that. But for if you were to ask me which true freshman was more impressive between him and Shipley, I would say he was, and that's who I was flipping a coin between. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right. So then now, Andrew, comes back to you. Who would you take in the fourth round? I went with Dante Cephas, and I feel good. I feel good about that one. Uh, I think Kansas, Kent State's offense doesn't really miss, miss much of a beat with Crum, with Crum gone, um, and like the the challenge with Kent State will 
forever always be right that if you look at their non-conference schedule it's there are not more than two or three more ridiculous non-conference schedules every year like i i have fbs schedules uh turned on for push notification so i get updates every time a team adds a non-conference game and they just scheduled like three for 2024 and they're doing the same thing they do every year three just horrific like power five or really really good g5 schools and then an fcs school like and so you know what you're getting into when you draft kent state right you're gonna have you're gonna you pray that maybe one or two of these powerhouse uh, schools that they're playing in non-conference play are more offense and defense, and it can, it can kind of shoot out. They're still go, not going to win the games, but and then the mat things just go off, and the mat can hopefully you've hung around with your team at, and kind of seen through that non-conference slate without things getting too dicey. Um, but Cephas was the dude uh, in, in that passing game last year. I think that he ends up dominating uh, targets, target share again. Uh, the only other two guys that really did anything right were I think that dude Abram, who I, I think he was a fifth year senior last year. You never want to assume anything about eligibility in the year 2022, but I, th- I think he's gone. And Poke, who um, I, I burned a bunch of money on last year, both in DFS and in uh, in best ball, he's back. He apparently he was hurt like all of last year, uh, and that's why that that's why he sucked. But I mean that maybe he cuts a little bit into Cephas's uh, targets, but like Cephas, they they target Cephas on screens. They target he is the deep shot dude who gets like in that offense. It's like half, half the plays are more than half the plays are handoff to the running back or just throw forty yards down the field, and he's yeah. that forty yard down the field dude. Um, so I, I I love him as my second receiver. It's either like a one yard pass or one yard. Like it's like a rush attempt, or it, yeah. like he's dead, like a bomb. They, yeah. they, what an incredible schedule at Washington, at Oklahoma. <laughs> then they play I LIU. My dad's alma mater, Long Island. And or, then they great color yeah. scheme for LIU, the Sharks. And then they play at Georgia. Like you pretty much can't play him two weeks. Like you pretty much can't play him week one or week four. You play the Oklahoma ones a shootout, I guess. And yeah, you could I, wing, well, you could swing that one. Yeah, Washington sucked last year. Maybe they suck again this year. But their defense, I felt like their defense was good enough. In like week one against Kent State, you know, don't give Washington six months to prepare for Kent State. Yeah, they, they were really good in week one against that school that didn't even play last year. And that they lost to some FCS school in week one last year. But but it was I, like I, it was like 10 to 9, though. <laughs> Montana, Montana, right? You make a good point, yeah. <laughs> so, the same. No, right. you're right. No, no, it's a, I mean, if it's you're if you're looking at just max schedule, like he's going to be an elite performer. It's just the typical Kent State. I don't. What are they thinking besides paycheck? Uh, I went Milton Wright. This I felt weird. This felt like a section where all the good receivers were gone. Like it felt like I'm now in this. Like I had said, like I'm in this zone of like who is replacing someone that was really good last year, and that would be Milton Wright and David Bell, right? Like Wright had good games. So I figured, why not? I mean, Purdue's got a lot of similar things going on offensively, which is nice. I'm not too concerned about the receivers that played in that bowl game. So needing a receiver, that felt like the easy one. I think that's a solid, solid pick for sure. I'm, I'm a little worried about 
about taking Milton right there because they got so you said you're not worried about Bron Thompson. Maybe the knee surgeries didn't go that well. Both knee surgeries that are pending apparently, right? Maybe they don't go that well. He is coming back though, and then they brought in two. They brought in Tyrone Tracy and Elijah Cannon. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen anything from Cannon, right? Your boy, Elijah Cannon. I mean, if you can't beat out some of those Cedric Jackson and some of those right, guys at Auburn, right. like I mean, I like Tracy, I, although though. I think so. I think some of the um, I think some of that was off field stuff. Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily right. on field stuff. Yeah, Tracy's cool. Yeah, They're- I don't. I don't think as of today that that's a bad pick though. Like They're, I think January. they do enough. Um, they do enough passing that even if he's receiver too, that's, oh, yeah. like, that's fine. All right, so then now we get to my pick, and now we can say this is a bad now. Pick it, now it gets heated. Now it's getting good. So I took Mitchell Tinsley, the transfer from Western Kentucky at Penn State. Um, a lot of that obviously is production this season, right? Like. You you're expecting that okay he's going to transfer it's gonna he's going to start and he's going to be a productive receiver for them maybe he's not what he was at Western Kentucky probably won't be but you know in January and he's transferred to Penn State why the hell not right I'm sure you guys disagree I have a reason I have reasoning in my head to why Andrew would not like him at Penn State and I want to see if he bites go ahead. Isn't it just that a question of if you you need – I feel like you need him to be the number one receiver because the idea that Sean Clifford is going to support two or three receivers is really questionable to me. Very questionable. Yeah. So he, if he's Dotson, that's a, that's a good pick. I yeah. think that situation is very interesting. Looking at the first mock – like where would you how would you rank the receivers, Andrew, between Washington? Um, I like Parker Washington. I think he's you, good. Um you like and best between the other guys, dude, Lambert Smith. Lambert That's Smith looked good in the bowl game too. So so Jared chimed in with a comment. Did you happen to see it on your on um Canyon and Tracy? He says neither of those guys strike me as immediate impact players for Purdue. I like Tracy. I mean, uh, we've 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 seen about we've seen three good plays of Canyon's entire his entire collegiate record at this point over two years, right? Like he was sweet in the in whatever bowl game you guys uh, one of your teams Auburn didn't kind of uh, slid into at the the close of the twenty twenty season, and he went what do you do like three eighty and one had one long touchdown. So maybe we jumped the gun. Maybe we. Maybe we shouldn't have taken Mike's word for uh, that he was going to be the Auburn WR one, right? So that one I can understand. I, but I I like Tyron Tracy. I thought that I think that it's been a couple of years, right? So like last year he did absolutely he didn't do anything really. Uh, that um, he he had a couple of receivers just kind of ascend over him. But in both 2019 and 2020 he flashed and had some really nice plays in the Iowa offense. Like it always felt. Like we were hoping for, what was that guy's name? Was it Brad Smith, the Iowa receiver? Like us DFS lunatics were always waiting for Smith to go down so Trace could come in and actually get the playing time that he deserved. And I think that sit, just sit, sitting on the bench for 2019, 2020, 
probably rotted his brain a little bit. Ference wasn't willing to deal with it for 2021, backburnered him, and now he's out the door getting a fresh start. And I think he comes in and has an opportunity to crush it. Fair enough. Um, I just wanted to address the question that was there before we got too far. We, we a good, host, a good, good host will do that. <laughs> All right. So we talked Tinsley. All right. So then I come back around with my next pick and I took Dante Wright from Colorado State. And I feel pretty strongly about this one. Like you could argue that he could go with the pick before, but I knew I had two picks. But I think he's probably the best receiver in the Mountain West today. Was that would that be a pretty fair statement? You guys well, don't have. A, any... I mean, there's an argument that he's not the best receiver on his own team. It's possible, but the offense is going to support whoever yeah. they are, right? Like yeah. Jay Norvell coming in changes the whole offense. Oh yeah, it's air, air raid season, baby. Dazio, or air raid. Dazio basically Norm Chowd that offense. <laughs> it's true. What a hire! Right. What were they thinking? So. I feel like in in the sense of air raid, like that should be a really good pick. I mean, so he, really had, he, he had great seasons. Yeah. I mean, he opened his career with a couple great seasons. So I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't know. This is that whole, like I said, it's the weird situation of who slots in where, and you got all right. these moving pieces. We're seven months yeah. away. Can we make assumptions based on who tar- Carson Strong like to target on in, at Nevada? Like, can we make assumptions about what type of play, how that will translate to a different quarterback in the same system with different receivers? Like, yeah. it, there's a lot of assumptions to make there. All we know is that they're going to chuck the ball all over the place. Yeah. Got another question um, from Jared again. I think he's the only one watching. Oh um he says, I agree if Tinsley takes over at X and gets gets the gets the love Dotson got, it's an excellent pick. But does that overtake the chemistry Washington and Clifford have developed over the years? So you're I going, going I mean I feel like we don't go into that. We I, I feel <laughs> like chemistry in college football might be a little overrated. I mean, like guys are open, right? Like they're not like running a certain route halfway through the route because of a hip pocket shelling from the DB and then the quarterback moving accordingly. I think ultimately you pick Tinsley if you think he replaces Dotson and you think that them having three above average to, you know, receivers doesn't hurt them. You don't take them if you think they just spread it all out. And especially if he doesn't get the Dotson spot. So I don't know. I mean, that stuff is interesting. That's one of my favorite things about college football, though, how we sometimes know that in a certain system, uh, like a letter of the alphabet is the most targeted (laughs) position. Like like you had that at Baylor for Mad Long. Gundy's system has it at Oklahoma State. I guess um, the Penn State one does, too. I think think that's what – Jefferson. Is that like a real thing though? I guess it kind of is though with like Allen Robinson and those guys. Are they were they all the same position? I think like it's I think it's more the cor- I think it's more the coordinator. Your I can't pronounce his name. Your Chich or whatever his name is, right? I think that's the Penn State OC. But why can't it just be I pick out the best receiver and we just throw it to him every time? Like that's legitimately an oh, offensive game plan. It's either A, B, X, or Y, right? Like that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, 
I just in high school, I remember we had receiver positions. We had X, we had O, we had Z, and we had Y, right? Like those were the four positions. Yeah. X was always in our playbook, it was always like if it was spread right, the X was on the right side. The O was always on the opposite side. I'm just like, giving you – Like Dotson moves around and like moved around right. enough, right? Now, so we, like, we learned like one position in high school. Like you were the, either an X, you were either an O, a Z, whatever, right? Where these guys, they learn all of them. So I don't really know if the X necessarily matters. I don't think wanting to hang my hat on – Clifford is a good option, though. <laughs> yeah, he scares me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, another question. Um, Dante Wright. Again? Uh, oh, it's not really actually a question. It's just a, it's a comment. Um, Dante Wright. Yes. Dante Wright. <laughs> make sure that we didn't have a second listener. He's <laughs> already the most dynamic player on that roster and a head coach that improves his chances to get the ball more, and he'll be excellent. I agree. A hundred percent. So this was just about validating Zach. Yes. <laughs> you did it earlier. Yeah. Um, That's what now... bad hosts do, Zach. You did a good host thing, and now you've <laughs> turned to a bad host thing. Hey, you know what? I'm learning. Okay. Um, now we're in the fifth round. Chris, who did Corey you take? Rucker. Corey Rucker. Nate's guy. Nate nailed it. I mean, 55, I think he had like 55 catches, 900, like 980 and eight touchdowns, something like that. Is like a young guy in an offense. James Blackman tried to just ruin it. Oh. I don't know. Upside's always there in that offense. I mean, but James is going to have another opportunity to ruin it this year. Now, isn't he like, what's his name? Lane Hatcher's gone. Hatcher's so gone. I, I've penciled James, James Blackman in as Corey Rucker's quarterback. How do you feel about that? I think he's got another year of chemistry with him, which is oh, nice. No. <laughs> if you're not if you're not playing both sides of it in in college football fantasy, then you're doing it wrong. That's, that's true. Okay. Use it to suit your argument. That's good. I mean, I like okay, that. so like let's look at the other receivers that we're taking after. Okay. Okay, Jaden Reed and Parker Washington and Rasheed Rice. I wouldn't take Rasheed Rice. I wouldn't take Parker Washington. So basically it's by rather Jaden Reed. I don't know. That felt a little steep for Jaden, a Michigan State receiver, to be honest. But I like Jaden Reed. Yeah. He took over some games. This you year. know what I've noticed too in this in this mock, like without revealing everything, like there's so many, I don't want to call it bias, but I guess that's what it is. It's a power five bias, right? The guys that are big on big teams get a lot more hype, a lot more love than maybe they will when it comes down to August, when we're actually drafting and those guys emerge from a, uh, from a Troy or wherever, right. That come out of nowhere and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll take him, but you wouldn't necessarily take. Um, See, that's the, how, you know, Andrew's legit because he's taken one out of six, our big name guys. Right. It, you could consider Texas not necessarily big named anymore. Right. 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 Has been. Um, but yeah, on, on the, just a general, um, no, like it seems to be more power five driven. Um, Part of it is information, right? Like yeah. There's... What's available? What's out there? More kind of what I mean. Like it's they they they're more open about who's coming in, who's who's there, where they stand. More coverage on them. Yeah. Um, so that's it makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. So you took Rucker, and now Andrew, you took Titus Swen 
from Wyoming. I mean, we saw the mass exodus of all the good players at the skill positions leaving. Wyoming headlined by the front, uh, our boy but- Levi, my boy Levi, our, our collective boy Levi, um, and Nayer gone as well, and Valaday off to Arizona State. So they brought in Andrew Peasley, who doesn't seem particularly good at from Utah State. But I mean, it's all like like this team trotted out Sean Chambers and at quarterback, who I mean, he he comps well to Peasley, I think, in terms of what they can and more aptly cannot do as as quarterbacks. So if they could turn out thousand yard running backs with Chambers at quarterback. I think they could do it at uh, with uh, with Peasley at quarterback. Valdez gone. Trey Smith, I don't think has another year. I think seven, year seven was the last year. You could always get but, another somehow. Yeah, but so Chip. Gwen should be the centerpiece of that offense. An offense that is really like Craig Bull must be so happy that Nayer's gone and they don't have to throw the ball anymore because now they can actually run it eighty percent of the time. Yep. You could be completely right. I would be worried about the mass exodus of talent, although that coach can win nine games with anybody, right? And then I would, and I would just say that you could – not that you made a – it's not a bad pick, obviously. It's January 31st. Um, but you probably could get away with waiting on him. Like, I don't think I would have yeah, ever he, considered Yeah, go in the last draft. Um, Chris uh, from C2C said that he was he was lining him up. But I kind of, I don't know. I, I kind of thought does, about what so running backs were available. CPC, so yeah. part of it is a big part of it was there's nine rounds, right? I'm playing. I'm planning on winning the QB pissing contest, so I'm not taking QB yet. I have a controversial tight end pick lined up for later on, so I'm like, and I and I'm doing blue green blue green, so I'm like, it's time for a running back, <laughs> and I only have one running back slot left, and I was like, I like Swain. Gotta make it count. Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm with yeah. you. I'm cu- I'm curious to see who the tight end pick is. <laughs> the, the, it's too the, bad it's not going to break. The draft um, might end. Yeah, the, the air, it's going to end the internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So coming back around, Andrew, oh, you bastard. Who did you take? Dude, Stephon Cobbs. I don't I don't understand why he's why he's there. Your boy. Who's your boy? It's both your and Chris's boy, Octavius Evans, the the clear WR one on Boise declared for the draft, right? Um, yep. For the NFL draft, I think is, I think he said that. Um, and Shakir, Shakir is gone. My boy Riley Smith doesn't seem like he's even if he's <laughs> back. Like it's it just another one of my brilliant tight end uh, galaxy brains that didn't really come to be. So. All that it needs to happen for Shakir or for Cobbs to go nuclear is just stay on the field. Like, I was this what happened with him? And was he at Boise before last year? Like, I don't really remember him at all. You tip me, you put me onto him coming into this into 2021, and I scooped him in some spots. Uh, and I, I've got him in a dynasty league and I feel awesome about that. But yeah, yeah I, he was, he got there in 19, I think. So this that yeah. was his third season. Yeah, is he just never able to stay on the field ever? They really know he like that. I remember his freshman year, they talked him up. He didn't really, he played six games, apparently. I'm looking at it, but he never really did a whole lot. Um, yeah, I guess injuries last year was so, oh, that was so annoying because but he, he's different, dude. Like run, running yeah. around, separating from guys, you get the ball in his hand, and it's over. Like, I, yeah. I love that, dude. 
Yeah, he's definitely – I'm actually shocked he was there too. Um, yeah. But, again, maybe that's just, like I was saying earlier, more power five bias where they weren't even thinking him. You know, like when, when, when we get there, he's going to be top of the list, top probably top 15 probably. My bet would be if you went back and looked at his game logs and just scouted the stat line, it's not as impressive as we remember outside of like a spike here, a spike Game's there, right. maybe one more spike, but like a ton of whatever in between because of injuries, because of warming up, maybe playing 10 plays, like the overall stat lines stat line for the year and the individual game logs. Like it's not that impressive, but like if you were there, you know. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, let's go ahead and push through here. So Chris, who did you take? Chris Smith running back the, the last man standing at Louisiana. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I feel like it's only going to be good, right? Like, the worry with him this past year was that he just always was splitting. Well, those two are gone and they have a new coach. So like, what's the worst that happens? He splits with unproven running backs or like, that feels like a good scenario for me or best case, the coach recognizes the talent and just lets him be the starting running back getting 20 touches a game. Yeah. Right. I feel like, if you told me, hey, at the end of the year, he's going to outperform Alton McCaskill, I wouldn't, I'd be like, okay, I guess he saw a volume and that was all that needed to happen, right? Like, the dude's obviously like talented and when, every time he got serious workloads, he, de- he seemed to deliver. So, I mean, it's yeah. a good bet to make, I think. Yeah, for sure. All right. And in the sixth round, it's my pick. Oh. So I can, I can make the double pick. up. Holding this for like 30 minutes. It's been my pick for about 30 minutes. Burning so the red shirt first yeah. and second. So I'm, go- I'm going back to the Kent State well, and I'm bringing, it, bringing in Marquez Cooper as my running back, my third running back. Um, I think in that offense, it was Cephas and Cooper. That was That was it, right, as far as skill positions go. So, And I've had him in Dynasty for – these two years and I think I'm going to stick with him here. Um, How do y'all feel about that? I did not expect that he would see 20, 30 carries. Like the dude is like five, five, one fifty. Like he's that. I think that, that are is that I think that is his dimensions. Um, Five, seven, one eighty four. but yeah, go ahead. Which means he's like five, five. And and it's not like they have no other talent in that backfield. Someone just transferred out, I think, maybe Bradford and Bangda, who was Joaquin Bangda, who was like their biggest recruit ever. Like, I think he was like high three or four star recruit. Like, he's gone too. But who's the other guy? They they have other running backs also who are talented. And it seemed like they're cool just letting those guys sit on the bench and letting Cooper do his thing a lot of weeks. I don't really understand. I guess in the construct of an individual in individual drive, it makes a ton of sense because they go so fast. They just want to snap, snap, snap. But like Mm. there were games I felt like where he was getting 80% of the carries outside of the quarterback, right? Which just, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why you would project that to happen given the kind of some of the realities that I, that I mentioned, but he's the perfect size for the offense. (laughs) <laughs> Cause you can't see them. They go no huddle. 
yeah. you can like literally do like that little play action and go deep to see this, or you just hand it off to him, and before you know it, he's 10 yards down the field. Yeah, I mean, dude was great. That. Fantastic. And then I'm coming back. I get back-to-back picks. That just occurred to me, too, so I had to, like, scramble to get one. Um, I'm going with another guy that I have in Dynasty, um, Ali Jennings from Old Dominion. What is, I saw his stats. I ran across his stats the other day looking up just random players I should consider. What a good move by him to go to ODU from West yeah, Virginia. Yeah. That was like Crazy. the first three games, he did basically nothing. Yeah. And I mean, he's he, like 20 yards a catch or something. His first game against Wake Forest, two catches, 17 yards. Second game against Hampton, two catches, 45 yards. Third game at Liberty, one catch, four yards. He ended up with <laughs> over a thousand yards receiving in the season. So great. One one of our four or three or four uh, listeners who who commented about the Google play the Google uh, podcast thing, Justice. I think he isn't he. He's the ODU super fan in the, in Mike's Discord, right? And oh, yeah. so, like a maniac, I have push notifications on for for every single thing, just to make sure that I can. And so, like, I'll follow all the individual channel team channels and stuff. And he 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 said that. At some point in the middle of the year, they canned, they either canned or just demoted the OC. And I think that the head coach just started calling plays. And you, and you could see the, the script flip when they pulled Dario Mack, put in, I guess, Hayden Wolf, and changed up who was calling the plays. And just, I mean, I guess it more or less became any given play, flip a three sided coin, and it's going to be Blake Watson. The Koontz the tight end or Ollie Jennings, which is, I mean, that's an awesome way to live for us, right? Like, just give us known outcomes for college fantasy, and that is that makes the situation interesting. What we want, yeah. I mean, well, something here. I didn't know all of that that you just revealed on here, like, but that makes sense because there was a stark difference from how the season started to how it closed out because he was a he was their best playmaker from is this like. Half. Is this yeah. gonna be like the first year ever we get three ODU picks and like the a nine, like in the first hundred picks? Like, where do we see Blake Watson? Is he back? Imagine if he keeps his wide receiver eligibility. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chris was already taken. We already have. This is the second ODU guy. Think about all the different. This is why I love fantasy college football so much. Michigan's got one guy picked. And ODU's got two. You know, like, think about that. Georgia, one guy picked, right? Just Bowers. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. But, well, well, would you take – well, I mean, he went in this mock draft, but would you take the tight end if it weren't tight end premium? If it were or weren't. This is not, right? It's not? Like, would you take – him this is a typical this is a january 31st mock i'm guessing it's just a i mean i'm being honest like he's, he's one tight ends. i'm just asking like Jared brought up how we tight end at least at the outset of the offseason seems to be yeah. i mean it's the, if if i held a gun to your head and said come up with five tight ends who you like more than the odu dude you probably couldn't like the position blows right now i mean well 
things will happen, right? There'll be guys that are more guys that are like more obviously draftable, but will they be more interesting than Coons from ODU? Possibly not. I'm not, I think he'll be fine. I'm just curious, like if obviously we'd be drafting more than nine rounds in a regular yeah. league, but yeah, I would be like what you're doing, Andrew, with the quarterback. I'm just going down with the ship. Like I'll be <laughs> with the other seven that are just waiting forever to take a tight end. Cause like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to act like I can pick a guy in the seventh round. That's going to be better than the guy in the 15th round. Last year, my strategy at tight end netted out being try to get Cole Turner and, and or Dolchich. If I don't get them wait and then miss badly on Riley Smith, and Casey Kelly Casey and Darnell Kelly. Washington or grab. I, w- I was obsessed with Marshawn Ford by the end, end of the end of draft season. And I, I was also into Isaiah likely. So it, like there, there's so many landmines. Like I'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll all talk ourselves into these good, good ideas at tight end. Like it, it, it aligns somewhat closely to NFL in that sense. Right. Where like we talk ourselves into the, these breakout stars from tight at tight end, like project, um, certainty upon them, but in reality, like mo- so many of these guys are going to suck. Yeah, that's most of the picks I ever make. Most of the guys just <laughs> suck. <laughs> oh man! All right, well that's it for what we've picked so far in our draft. Um, as far as the- Chris, did you want to talk about before we go? Um, Austin well, I think Davis. we kill it. You kill it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to okay. do Auburn every week. This was perfect for next week. Cool. All right. So last thing I promised them, I promised the people I'd give them what they want. Chris, as far as hair care products, what, what are we working with? It's called fix your lid. It comes in this, it's got like a skull on it. I think get it at target. The trick here, I think is if you saw my hair in the morning, it is, I just got a haircut. It's a little bit different, but it's never good in the morning. You got to like just get it down. And then at a certain point in the morning, maybe after your second cup of coffee, you kind of play with it a little bit and it gets like a natural volume to it. That's the trick. You don't have to worry about it immediately. You got to just let it get there, get the little, the low, and then you shake it around later on. All right. Well, that's what everybody wanted. And just make sure you can never go wrong with too much gel. Cool. All right. Well, I think um, that should be it. And I guess maybe we try to make this a Monday thing, not guaranteeing that, but I think Monday works for us a lot of times. So um, expect us, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever the hell we feel like it. But exactly. um, we're going to try. I at least I would like to try doing Mondays if you guys are up for it, but we'll play it by ear. And um, that should be it. Until next time. Later, guys. Later. See you guys.